I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're thinking. I can tell you that if you are looking for a safe space, this is not it. What I can tell you is that Jeff has a very particular set of skills. Skills he's acquired over a very long career. Skills that make him a nightmare for bad ideas, wrong-headed economics, and poor messaging. Welcome to the Jeff Effect. of doing this podcast. None whatsoever. But you know what? I think it's really needed. I think this is something that a lot of you need to hear because it's going to help you right here, right now. So, all right. The economy, the coronavirus, it all sucks. You're now unemployed. Now what? Well, you know, as I mentioned in my previous podcast on how unemployment, understanding unemployment and like the economic thinking about unemployment, I mentioned I have been unemployed several times in my life, sometimes very unfairly, one time during national crisis. And you know what? Now I'm unemployed like a pro. I know how to be unemployed really well. It's a skill I didn't want to have. It's a skill I hoped I never would have to learn. It is, a, but it's also a vital skill. And to, today, it's a very valuable skill. And I'm going to share that with you. And just because I want you to be happy and I want you to have a as least bad experience for the next month or so as possible. So, to rehash, I have been exactly here before. I said it before, in, two, in the, uh, the, the dual slap in the face, the dual economic slap in the face in 2000, 2001 with the bursting dot-com bubble and the 9-11, we were wiped out. Black Tuesday, the New York Stock Exchange is in a panic. Frantic investors have scrambled to unload their stocks at any price. Everyone wants to sell. No one wants to buy. Suddenly, even the most guilty... We were wiped out. It just kicked our butts, Right. And as a result of that, we spent a period trying to find jobs and do jobs and get reemployed again. And, you know, whether you're unemployed or you're underemployed, which means you're not making as much as you can or doing cool stuff like you're used to doing, doesn't matter. All right. You are in this time. You are in a place where you are not working at your normal job. But here's the deal. I want you to shift your thinking. You are employed. Right now, you need to treat your time without a job as if being unemployed is your job. Whoa. You, you need to be kind of a professional unemployed person. You need to be do- jobless like a champ. You need, to be, you need to be jobless like a pro, okay? And that starts with a really simple premise. And it, it sounds easy and like, yo, yeah, Jeff, I know, I know. Everyone always says this, yada, yada, yada. It's repeating things over and over again. But there's two principles here. You need to get cash and you need to spend less of it. Uh-huh. Sounds simple, right? Believe it or not, it is. If you can get your ego and your you know, all your confusing thoughts and your depression about the whole situation, if you can get that out of the way and just look at this clinically, 
you can do a better job of getting cash and a better job of spending less of what you've got. You've got to collect cash with a shovel and pay it out with a teaspoon. You've got, you've got to gather your cash together like a fire hose into a pool and you'll spend it with an eyedropper. And I'm not just spouting this off as philosophy. I'm spouting this off as somebody who has done this. I've lived this more times than I would like to and it got me through it and it'll get you to do it too. First, so we're going to get, talk about getting cash and we're talking about spending less. First things first, let's get some cash. All right, and you can. I remember the first time I was unemployed, I was embarrassed about filing for unemployment insurance. I, I had this stigma in my brain that was kind of blocking me from, from wanting to do it. You know, call it pride, call it whatever. And, it, and it's good. It's good that you have an instinct, that we have instincts in our brain that we don't want to accept unemployment insurance. But we have to remember something. It's not charity. From your, from your paycheck, what, you know, whether you paid yourself through your small business or whether you were paid through somebody else on a regular paycheck, you know, you were, uh, you've been paying a small bit of your wages every single month towards unemployment insurance. More specifically, your employer has on your behalf. And so this is money that's specifically set aside for your times of unemployment. So you should, you need to get that out of your brain as being a problem. It's not supposed to be, make you comfortable in unemployment, but it's supposed to help bridge the gap. Because in reality, I got to jump back a bit. The reality between success and failure of being while you're unemployed can just come down to a couple hundred dollars a month. It's amazing what a difference that makes in, in your capital burn and how fast you burn through your reserves or how you hang on, you're able to hang on for an extra month or two. It, it makes a huge difference, right? So just a few hundred dollars a week extra from unemployment insurance makes it a big deal. You, you, you have no idea what a big deal it is and how it makes a difference in your life. Okay, next thing. Sell stuff. Now, Trust me, you're an Amer- if you're an American or you're anywhere in the first world, and in fact, Americans are probably more guilty of this than anybody else. We have lots of stuff. We have more stuff than we need. We have, you know, old pairs of shorts and concert t-shirts that probably go back to our high school years sitting in a box somewhere. We have, you know, old, you know, vases and lamps that no longer serve style, and we, but we, we, we're not ready to part with them, so we put them in different places. We have extra sets of towels. We have... We have all kinds of things. You'll be amazed how much stuff you have that you don't need. You think you need, you want, you are probably just purchasing at the time for kind of shopper therapy to make yourself feel better, but you have a lot more than you need. But I got to tell you something, somebody wants it. There's somebody out there who wants that extra set of matching dish towels that you've got sitting back in your, that, 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 uh, Think about this, all those ugly old gifts that, uh, that uh, relatives who have no clue about your personal style, they gave it and you, st- you stuck those, uh, uh, those ugly reindeer uh, printed Christmas towels and you only bring them out once a year and you don't really like them. You know, somebody wants them, right? And if we're just talking about five or 10 bucks, you get enough of these five to $10 things together and you sell them on eBay and then ship them out. Not only will you be productively engaged actually doing things in a way that generates money, but you'll generate some real money. Now, you can't do a yard sale. I mean, my, my, two, my two most successful you know, uh, periods of unemployment 
we did huge yard sales. And, uh, you know, we just sold extra stuff in the yard. And we made, for one of them we made like $1,200, and another one we made like $2,300, $2,400 cash flow. Cash flow. Old filing cabinets, uh, and old, counter, old countertop wine racks, you know, books, CDs, record albums that I collected at one point, but I haven't listened to or looked at or pulled out my turntable in a long time. I sold some of those. I had, I discovered I had, you know, I play bass, so I discovered I had an old small practice bass amp. Hadn't used it in years. Didn't like the tone anymore. Somebody paid me fifty bucks for it. This the thing. You have things you don't. You old digital cameras because now you take all your pictures on your cell phone. So I guarantee you somebody wants that old Pentax 9 megapixel camera that you got, you know, back at the, you know, back years ago. Somebody's willing to buy it from you for a few bucks. You don't have to make a killing. You just have to get some cash flowing. This is a great way to do it. Don't sell yourself short. You'll be amazed how you can rack up some cash, okay? Next thing. Whatever you did for a job, there's someone out there who's willing to pay you to do it as a gig online. Think about that. You know, whether you go on to Upwork or Fiverr or you know, whatever service that you have out there, there's a lot of gig marketplaces out there. And you're not, just brace yourself. If you're used to making 20, 30, 40, or $50 an hour in your normal job, you don't have that money right now. It doesn't matter. Making five or ten dollars an hour, keeping your skills sharp, and doing something online for work and generating some cash flow for five or ten dollars an hour is totally worth it. And it, it makes a difference of hundreds of dollars per month. You have no idea. Next thing is when the economy starts up again, and it will, whenever that may be, it will be slow at first. Real, long, permanent jobs will be, will be slower to come back. You know, employers will be getting their money together, trying to get sales together, cautiously approaching the economy so that, so that they're, they're not worried about another double dip. You know, they'll be approaching it slowly. So your chosen type of job may just not jump back on the market right away. You might be called right back right away. There might not be some good, good job postings for you right away. So here's my philosophy. I remember this is my philosophy when I'm unemployed. I mean, this is careful. This is a secret. This is a top secret. Ready? Ready for this? Here's my philosophy, my secret to doing jobs when I'm unemployed. Anything, anytime, any way, anyhow, anywhere, for any pay. Oh, man. Think about that for a second. That takes severe, severe self-honesty and humility. But I want to tell you a story. It's a true story. It goes back, you know, it's, it's 25 years ago, I think. I, I uh, was in the printing business, and we did, we did printing for aerospace companies. And that's how I got into technology. I was doing printing and, and manuals and stuff like that for, for high-tech companies, and I got recruited from the printing shop because, obviously, they're smart people. That's great. But aside from that... This guy, I knew a guy who was an aerospace engineer, and he, he became a friend. He was a customer, became a friend, and he got laid off. Something that happened you know, cyclically in the aerospace industry, layoffs happened. He got laid off for a while, and he was, late, he was unemployed and laid off for about five or six months, and I, and I just wanted to see how he was doing, so I took on a lunch. And he was telling me, he said, Jeff, I'm, I'm really concerned. I'm burned through my savings. I think I'm going to lose my house. 
I said, well, well, we'll get a job. He says, Jeff, you don't understand. I, I'm an aerospace engineer. There's not a whole lot of jobs out there for guys like me right now. I said, you know, you, I said, I said right back to him. I said, no, you were an aerospace engineer. Now you're a guy with a mortgage. Now, I had probably at the time said that in a little bit harsher than he needed to hear it, but he needed to hear it, right? You know, if you are, whatever your job is, we are a software developer or a network engineer at a data center, or you're a guy who does uh, marketing for a, uh, you know, Procter & Gamble, it doesn't matter. That is what your job was. And when you're unemployed, it is not your job. And when you have bills that need to be paid, sometimes you got to take things. Sometimes you got to take things that aren't in alignment with your career path. What matters is getting some cash flow together. This is my philosophy anyway, and it's, it's worked out for me. So a couple of times where that worked. I remember one time, you know, uh, very early, I lost my job, and my, 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 my lovely wife, who's always been very supportive, she took and she, w- she was actually working for a, a temporary help agency, and she got me all kinds of jobs, all kinds of little day jobs. I would uh, spend a couple of days, you know, in a, in a legal office, and then I would spend a couple of days, uh, you know, doing construction, and then I'd spend a couple of days, you know, moving carpets around a warehouse, and then I'd pay, you know, I, literally, I took whatever they had, you know, and I was a, a writer, I took a couple of days where I was just a typist. And you, you, I, you can't be too proud for that. You have to take the, the job you need at the moment, right? Um, another time, I was unemployed. And my uncle, who was a general contractor, he just needed somebody to sweep up the, the, at the end of the day because it was a requirement for the city. He said, Jeff, the only work I got for you, you're, you're, you don't have any construction skills. I, that, you know, you can, I need somebody to sand down. My, my drywall guys are going to go through. I need the walls sanded down. And then the whole place swept out. Dirty, smelly, unforgiving, low-paying work, but grateful to have it. You know? But I was a professional guy. But I took that job, and I was grateful for it. You need to be, too. Um, one, more, one more quick story. Uh, bridging a time of a transitionary unemployment. I, I, I wrapped up one job and I was getting ready to start another one. And, but the new job didn't start until after the holidays. I took a job, you know, just to keep myself busy, I took a job selling watches. And I was the best damn watch salesperson at the company. Anyway, I still, ha- I still have the free watches they gave me wow. the, you know, for awards oh, from top salesmen yeah. in my short three-month tenure there. But the point being is that your job doesn't define who you are but your willingness to work does. That's just it, right? Next, you can borrow. I mean, I think all of us, you know, uh, you know throughout the course of our life, have spent times where we, our parents have loaned us a, a little bit of money here and there. It's not something that's not sustainable, but you can't be too proud to ask, you know, borrowing from family. And the last but, last but not least, you know, if you were working for a major corporation, you had a 401k, it is set up so that you can borrow funds from your 401k without tax consequences. You have to pay it back at, at, a, at a very low interest rate, so less than 1% or something like that. But you can do that. But again, borrowing should be your last resort. Get cash other ways. All right. So this is just practical how-to. This is just practical do-it stuff, right? It's just practical do-it stuff on how to get cash. And if you put your mind to it and you decide that, you know, Hey, you know, you like keeping all those ugly Christmas sweaters up in there because in case you go to an ugly Christmas sweater party, I guarantee you somebody's going to pay you 20 bucks for that ugly Christmas sweater, and you'd much rather have the 20 bucks right now than just oddly be prepared for your next ugly sweater party next holiday season. I 
hope that made sense. But uh -huh. I'm sure for somebody, I'm sure that that story's speaking directly to somebody in the audience, and I hope it's you. Um, next, so we talked about getting cash. The next thing, spend less. Deep, practical stuff. You, maybe you know this. Maybe you just needed me to kick you in the butt with this. Spend less. Spend less right away. Spend less right away, and you can, right? First things first, the world has moved to a subscription economy. It may or may not surprise you that if you truly comb over your credit card bills and your debit card bills, and you look at all the automatic payments that are coming out, not things like you've set it up to pay your electric bill you know, from, you know, from, your, from your account automatically each month. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about all the software sir, and music and, you know, everyone. I mean, when, I'm, when I just did my recent, I, I clean house, try to clean house for myself every, every year, at least once, you know, just before tax season. Go through and make sure you don't have unneeded subscriptions. I found out I have four music, four streaming music services. Four. I don't need four. First of all, I own tons of music. Why do I need four? I should pick the one streaming music service that is the best and most suited to my style and taste and usage preferences and cancel the other ones, right? You should too. And in a real pinch, you cancel them all. Um, what about your cable bill? Now, most Americans have a cable bill. Your cable bill includes TV, internet, and phone. That's most people. You only need one of those. You only need one. You only need the internet. You, you don't even need basic cable. You need sub-basic cable. You just need an internet pipe these days. You, you've heard, it used to be just kind of a cool trend the last couple of years. I have a cable cutter. I'm just streaming things over the internet. Hey, look at me. I'm cool. I'm a cable cutter. You know what's now? Now is everybody needs to be a cable cutter because the only thing you need is the internet. You need the internet to be able to take an, you know, of course, to surf the web and to do some tasks, do your job and do your research and do all those things you do on your computer. But you can stream everything you need over the internet. There's free, free YouTube content out there. But that brings me to the next point. Next point, right? You have all that stuff out there. You have the premium cable. You, you, you just need basic cable. You don't even need that, right? You, I'll tell you what else you don't need. You don't need Netflix and Hulu and Sling and Disney Plus and Amazon Prime Video and YouTube TV and the ESPN NFL package and the, you know, uh, ABC Now for $5 a month. You don't need any of those, really. But you could be perfectly happy just picking one good one. I mean, that's what we did. We, we, we canceled all the other pay ones. We just have Sling. Now, now, you choose the one that's right for you, but you don't need those other things. It's time to trim those away. And I guarantee you, look, hey, if you want to have the luxury of having 17 streaming services out there for, you know, when you, to watch whatever you want to watch, whenever you want to watch it, that's great. But you just got employed, so that's not for you right now. And I guarantee you, when this thing starts to blow over, all those subscription services will be sending you special comeback offers. I guarantee it. They'll, they'll try to keep you from leaving. You'll, start, you'll, go to, you'll go and try to cancel and they'll say, hey, don't cancel. You know, get, we'll give you a discount or we'll give you another month free. Don't cancel, don't cancel. But you cancel. And then they're going to be marketing the crap out of you for months trying to get you back. 
promise you that's the case. You know, the same thing is true with your cell phone bill. Now, I'm going to give you a little insight here. If you're doing it correctly, when you talk on your cell phone bill from the house, you're not using any cell phone minutes at all because your phone's connected to your Wi-Fi network in your house. You're not leaving the house right now. You almost don't need any cell phone minutes at all. Just think about it. For the first time in your life, you can use a cell phone and not consume any cell phone minutes. You should be dialing. Call your cell phone provider now and dial your plan down, all right, um, so that you have as, uh, the smallest amount of minutes and uh, and and uh, data plan as possible, and that but that all connections through your home Wi-Fi network, all Wi-Fi calling is included is 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 free because you're just using your own network. You can do this. You can do this right now. You can save up. If you're a family of four, you're going to save over hundreds of dollars a month. You just are, right? You don't you just dial the plan down. Uh, next thing, you, you need to have some really strong honesty with yourself right now. I, I'm in a unique position. Okay, so I've been an independent consultant for five years. I work from home, uh, and I do that. And by the way... Um, you need to go out there um, and, you know, I, a couple last week I put out a podcast, episode three of the Jeff Effect podcast is Let Me Help Working From Home Survival Guide. Because so, some of you are working from home for the first time and it's freaking weird and you're a little bit depressed and sad and you're a little bit lonely. You don't know how to deal with it. Episode three, you need to go and listen. To, once this one's done, you go listen to episode three because I, I can help you because I've been through that. All right. But uh, I'm going to go on the limb here. Because I, 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 I'm going to speak specifically about Shopify because I know the network really well. And I've got friends in the business. It's a gr- Shopify is a great product. If you're into e-commerce, it's a great product to recommend it. So a lot of people right now are going to be trying to start their own side gig or their own online business. It's not, it's not all roses and, and peppermint mints. It's, it, is, it is a hard slog. It takes some capital to get started. If you know what you're doing and if you're fully committed and you truly believe in your product and you've been working you've been working on towards this goal for a while, maybe this is your chance to do that. But let's have some honesty here. Mo- right now, Shopify has over a million uh, e-commerce stores in their portfolio. And I'm going to give you a little bit of insight. Most of them make no money. Think about that. Most of them make zero. Most of them lose money. So Shopify has a, it's a subscription service. You, you are paying to keep it open. And maybe you make a buck or two. Maybe you lose a buck or two. And it's kind of your dream. And But you like it. And maybe you're selling T-shirts with funny sayings on them. Or maybe you're selling press-on nails. Maybe you're selling uh, vaping supplies, which is a business that has a lot of endemic problems these days you know whatever it is you're doing something in your Shopify store and you kind of like it and you like being able to call yourself an entrepreneur but you got to be honest with yourself you either go all in and you get that sucker running and you start generating some real sales or you've got to turn it off you can't afford to have it sitting there just losing money because you're not working it but that's okay you have to be honest with yourself it's okay to say you know what I'm not disciplined enough or good enough to make a living there. <sighs> the point being is if it's not making any money and it's costing you money 
and you don't have clear visibility that it's going to start making money for you real soon, you've got to turn it off. Otherwise, you're just throwing your money away. It's not a very popular thing to say right now, right? Yeah, but you have to be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself, right? Next, this will surprise you. Call your car insurance company. You're about to save some money. All car insurance rates are based upon two things, three things, three things, right? The value of your car, your driving record, and the number of miles you drive back and forth to work. I think you can see where I'm going with this. You have your car still, and that car is just a depreciating, depreciating asset right now, so it's worth less and less every day, but you can't change its value overnight, so that, that's, that is what it is. Your driving record is, you know, you're not, it's probably getting better right now because you're not driving a whole lot, and if you were kind of a speed demon, you're not speeding now. But the last component, you know, if you drive, if you normally drive an average, let's hypothetically say 15,000 miles a year, which is you know, about the middle, middle of the road for most people, you have a rate that's calculated based upon 15,000 miles per year. That's how much exposure they have. Right now, if you're unemployed, you're probably on track to drive 2,000 miles this year. This makes a difference. I know the first time I, dis- I stumbled into this, when I became a fully working home five years ago, my insurance company, great insurance company, USAA at the time, although USAA doesn't insure me here in Puerto Rico, they don't do business here yet, but at, at the time it was USAA, great company, but they didn't have a number less than eight. I mean, previously my, I was saying I drove like 24,000 miles a year, which was true. That's, I drove about that. And then I started working from home. And then the lowest number they had in the form, the last thing they could fill out is 8,000 miles a year. And every year they sent me a note just checking. Hey, you know what? This is pretty low. Are you sure you're only doing 8,000 miles a year? We want to make sure. And I'd say, yep, I'm doing less than that. And they'd call me on the phone sometimes. Mr. Hardy, this is, you're still working and, you know, we see you're, you're, all your activity, but, but you're only claiming less than 8,000 miles a year. I say, yep, because I'm working from home. That's it, Right. Saved hundreds of dollars a year on my insurance. Do that right. Just, just pick this. This is this is. I mean, this has got to be golden for you. This is something you can do to, um, tomorrow. You can just boom, call the insurance company. Hey, dial my insurance down. Oh, by the way, my car used to be when I bought the car knew it was worth thirty thousand dollars. Now it's worth fifteen. So I want my collision. You know, set, reset your collision damage uh, uh, reimbursement to fit to the value of your current car as it is today. Tell them your new miles. Make sure it's you're going to save hundreds, hundreds of dollars. It's crazy. And then finally, this: these are unique times. If you have a mortgage, or if you have a landlord, right? Call them. Ask them if they have a COVID plan. Ask them if they have some sort of a uh, new a COVID special edition rescue thing that takes and lets you skip a couple of payments. Now, they're going to add the payments to the end of your loan or the end of your your contract, most likely. But that's okay because you need cash right now. You, you need to have the cash in hand for the next couple of months until this economy gets going again, until you, until you have a job available to you. You need the savings now. And I would not be... It doesn't hurt to ask. It doesn't hurt your credit to ask. 
ask them if they have a special plan. Say, hey, you know what? Uh, you know, my, uh, my rent here is due to be up in, in December. You know, what if we did this? What if we skipped the next two months? You, and we put it in writing and we skipped it. Put, it. put it in writing, signed by both of you, and keep a copy. We make it an agreement that um, I'm, we're going to skip a couple of uh, the next two months worth of rent, but then I'm going to extend my lease by two months at the end so that, that you're not left hanging after the Christmas holiday and, and see, make him an offer. He can say no. He can say no. Your bank, same thing. You know, uh, I got, uh, I got uh, you have 25 years left in your mortgage. Well, you know, how about this, Mr. Banker? How about you add, you know, how about you recalculate, give me a three-month window to recover, and you just put, on the end of, put it on the end of the loan. I'll bet you the major banks have this plan in place. Doesn't hurt to ask. Doesn't harm your credit to ask. If they've got some sort of a COVID plan for guys like you in place, or gals and you like you in place, then you can take advantage of it. Again, get and save and preserve as much cash as possible. All right. That's the big stuff. But if you spend some time, you're going to think of stuff that I don't think of. Oh, I got one more. I got one more. Guess what? You know what? You are, if you're unemployed, in addition to being, part of being a professional uh, and uh, being unemployed like a pro, you are now a professional coupon clipping, sales searching, bargain hunting maniac monkey. That's who you are, right? Now you don't buy gourmet chai tea in little wax paper folds anymore. You buy Lipton when it's on sale. Another thing, if you smoke, you just quit. Whoa. Honest to goodness story. I had an employee when I worked at the software company. I had an employee and, and, and she smoked. And uh, you know, I, she was thinking about quitting smoking and I just made a comment. I said, hey, no pressure for me. You don't, you know, she didn't smoke in the office. She was very considerate about it. But she smoked like a pack and a half a day, something like that in total. And I just did, I just did a spreadsheet for her one time because she was young. She was in her low 20s. And I said, you know, I hope you really like smoking. She says, I do. I said, because that smoking is costing you a million dollars. She looked at me like I was crazy. I don't blame her. It sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. But I just took and went online, found her brand of cigarettes. And I said, if you smoke until the age of 60... You have two choices. That's a certain amount of money. And you have a choice to invest that money in conservative investments or to spend it on smoking. And the difference between the two was a million bucks. Absolutely true. I should just redo that spreadsheet and show it to everybody because everybody thinks I'm nuts. They think I'm just being crazy. But when you look at it, you know, over 40 years, all that money spent on cigarettes. Now, hey, if you don't want, I'm not, I'm not preaching at you. If you want to keep smoking, hey, Go go forth and go forth and puff, right? But the point being is that cigarette cigarettes are expensive; they're not really socially acceptable. They make you smell a little funny, and you know what? They caught you know they that money could be put to much better use, right? Uh, what about this? I, I love my coffee. I made this decision a long time ago. I bought you know uh, if you are a double caramel latte per day person, guess what? Now you're not. Right? Even if you, I mean, if that's, I love my coffee. And I would, I would sacrifice a lot of things before I gave up my coffee. Everybody, everybody, everybody who knows me knows that about me. But you know what? Starbucks is the most expensive coffee on the planet. It just is. You can get a machine at home, and it's, maybe it's not 100% as good. 
Maybe it doesn't feel as special as going to Starbucks. But Starbucks just wants your money with the plan. You know, I, I guess in a presentation I gave a couple months back, I used Starbucks as an example. You know, they're at, they're, uh, I think these numbers are still accurate. You know, when, when they, they spend hundreds of dollars to, for cost of customer acquisition, and you think, well, how can they afford to do that? How can they spend, say, 120 bucks to get a customer when it's a $5 cup of coffee? And it's not a $5 cup of coffee. They, once they have you as a customer, they, they know that you're going to be a customer for somewhere between 17 and 23 years and that you're going to spend $27,000. They know this about you, right? Just think about that. You would right now rather have that $1,000 a year or so. You'd rather have that than not have it. You would rather, if you look at it that way, you'd probably much rather be putting, mixing up some cream and frothing some milk on your stove if you have to, rather and keep that $1,000 in your pocket over the next few months. Just saying. Um, other little tidbits. Do you have health insurance? I'm not being political. I got to tell you, uh, I got an example for you. It's a company. I get nothing from them. I don't own any stock in them. In fact, right now I don't own any stocks. Um, I, so I have nothing else is influencing me. But United Healthcare, um, in most of the continental United States, United Healthcare has a division called Golden Rule, Golden Rule Health Insurance, and that's a division of United Healthcare, big, secure, you know, well capitalized national uh, healthcare and insurance provider. Golden Rule Healthcare. And all Golden Rule is is short-term catastrophic care. And it's really cheap. I mean, it's, it's you can get, I, I, I'm 55 with no underlying health conditions, and I could get a catastrophic plan, you know, where, you know, I pay big deductibles and stuff, and I have a deductible up to about 2,500 bucks, something like that. But I'm covered if anything major happens. If I, if I need, if I, if I break my finger, I'm probably paying for it myself. But if I have something really major come up, the insurance kicks in and I don't pay a thing. And uh, I was able to get fully covered as a middle-aged guy for, I was like, what, 130 bucks a month? I think that's 127, 127 and change per month. Because I don't need bells. You don't, when you're unemployed, you don't need bells and whistles. You're, you're under less risk. You are, you are not, you know, uh, as prone to getting car accidents hurt. You, your risk is less, and you really just need catastrophic care, right? All right. Uh, lastly, you know, I'm going to remind you of this. You know, being unemployed, it's just depressing. No matter how kind of good it feels for a minute because you feel naughty, you feel like you're not doing something, it feels like you're, like you're, you're playing hooky from school, deep down, it's not a good feeling. Right? It, it's not something, nothing but everybody wants to be unemployed. Not really, right? You may, you may want a different job or a more exciting job or a better paying job, or you may hate your boss, but nobody really wants to feel unneeded and underutilized. That's just a bad feeling for most of us. Embrace it. It's real. Uh, if you need to go back and listen to episode three, that'll help you too. Again, episode three is titled Let Me Help, Working From Home Survival Guide. And part of that is exercising every day. Can't tell you how important that is for me to keep my head right. Okay, guys, that's it. If you have any specific questions, all right, just DM me on Twitter. It's the best way to do it. Um, if you have a specific question, I will have a, co- a confidential and private conversation with you or give you a piece of advice, no charge. That's just the way it goes. Um, 
or if you want me to take and explain something about economics or messaging or uh, business analysis, if you want me to do that and you have a specific topic you'd like me to talk about for a bit, um, just uh, propose a topic and I'll see if I can cover it. Don't forget to subscribe. That's it. Remember, there's light on the horizon. The dawn is coming. It's closer than you think. Things are going to get better. But right now, it just sucks. But no matter what, I'll be here for you. We'll be here for each other. And it's great talking to you again. Bye for now.